Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. My name is Eric Kruger. Welcome to a very special episode today as uh, John is going to take us through the work that he recently did with Joe Dispenza at a retreat. John, welcome to the podcast, brother. Ah, thank you so much, uh, Eric. Uh, what do you mean this podcast is special? Are you trying to say that every other <laughs> podcast is not special? What are you saying, bro? All of them are special, man. All of them are special. I agree. All of them are special. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, how's Joburg today? Is it still hot? I mean, last time we spoke, you were, you were, you were red in this face. Yeah, it's, so it's still very hot. It's still very hot, but uh, it's better. It's, there's a bit of a, an over, over, over cost. Over cost. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So, all good. Um, dude, okay. listen, before we jump into the podcast today, uh, we have a very special event coming up, our own special event coming up. Um, I thought, Let's start there. Could you quickly tell the listeners what is happening on the 12th of February? So we've decided that uh, being uh, received so well by the listeners that we've decided to put some uh, fireside chats uh, together between you and I discussing the sort of most popular podcasts and the topics and then having the audience uh, do a Q&A and then mm-hmm. having the audience also do some A as well. You know, it's not just A. We wanted to have a discussion and a fireside chat is about having a collaborative sort of process. Definitely. The first Definitely. one is on the 12th of February. We'll be releasing the sort of uh, Quicket uh, uh, link really soon. It'll be somewhere in Joburg. And then the next one will be in Cape Town and the next one will be in Dubai. And we plan to have these every quarter. Mm. And hopefully have them uh, more and more often around the world. Um, and we just want to be able to connect with the listeners and try and give back. There will be free events. There will be a maximum of 100 people there. So we want to keep it intimate. Um, but yeah, we're also very excited to not only bring you information um, through high tech, but also bring it through high touch because we feel that a human connection is also vitally important. Yeah, man. I cannot wait for it. I think it's going to be expansive and epic. Um, Listen, so today specifically, we are diving into a bit of feedback from your time with uh, Joe Dispenza. We obviously both big fans and uh, we, this is our second recording for everyone listening, by the way. Um, We've been having some real tech issues again today and well, look, I, I, before we carry on, I, I'm in Azerbaijan mm. and uh, I, I forgot to bring my mic and it's all my fault, actually. And then the internet went down. So I guess, you know, there's a pro of traveling around the world and the con is you're never quite sure whether your partner and the podcast was going to take his mic with him or not. Sorry about that. <laughs> and secondly, how stable the internet is going to be in the hotel I'm staying in. So we've had a couple of technical uh, difficulties, but it's all part of the fun and the adventure of making these sort of podcasts. I think moving forward, I'd like to have your travel schedule so that I can send you a reminder every time you. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd like to know my own travel schedule. It changes so often. I don't know if I'm, you know, so, yeah, but I, I, I need, I need, I'll make a point of it. So my, my point. Uh, so we, we were also speaking briefly just about, um, obviously we're going to hear everything about your experience with Joe Spencer. It's also your second time attending, I think second time, third, third time third, third. attending one of his events. Um, I've read two of his books, uh, you are the placebo. I think that's one. And the other one is yeah. becoming supernatural. Yeah. And I do his meditations every single day. I specifically do the, the AM meditation about changing potentials. And I love his work. Um, I think it's incredible. I cite him on some of my talks as well, but I'm really interested. And I, we haven't spoken about this. We've been really keeping it for the podcast. I'm really interested to hear what your experience is like. So maybe start off by telling us what the kind of theme was for the week. And then uh, from there, we'll dive into some of your your learnings from it. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, first and foremost, I've got to say, you know, I, I watched Joe Dispenza from f- three different angles. 
the first angle I watch him is as a teacher um, uh, explaining uh, such a complex topic in a humorous, step-by-step and simple way. Mm. And that's really what grasps me because he is managing 1,400 people alone from 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. for 9 to 12 hours by himself. I mean, you can hear a pin drop when he's talking, you know? So that's the first thing. The second thing I look at is a speaker, Um, just because I'm a speaker and I'm watching him speak. And, you know, you and I will spend an hour on stage and we maybe tired, maybe 90 minutes, you know, you do mm, a full day mm. facilitation and you're done, right? Done, done. I do a half day facilitation and I'm done. This guy's doing seven days in a row, flying, having a two day rest and then starting his other one. So he's 300 days of the year. He's traveling and working at that pace. So that for me is also just phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. Right. And then the third thing is as a man, he is so full of integrity. He is so, conscious he's so aware he's you know he doesn't and i, I want to use the term he doesn't slip up but he, mm. he doesn't need to slip up because he's got integrity so he doesn't have to he, there's no there's no um there's no uh, facade you know the guy's real and mm. i just love that that i can at, from every angle holistically he carries integrity mm. and so that's that's the first thing you know you and i have spoken about certain teachers that you and i watch and we don't like them for X, Y, and Z reason. We like some of their things and then some of the things we don't like. And I think you and I even have that. You know, some people like us, some people don't. Joe, I've never met anybody who doesn't like him. So mm. like, he just has that sort of um, you know, impact. So this, um, this was my third one. It's a seven-day silent, med- not silent, sorry, seven-day meditation retreat uh, where you meditate anywhere from six hours to nine hours a day. Wow. And a lot of people say, well, how? And uh, the truth is, is, there were certain people there that had never meditated one minute in their lives. And the first meditation they do with Joe Dispenza is one hour, 40 minutes. And they did it without even thinking. So you understand that the capability that we have within ourselves to meditate for that long and sit that still for that long depends on the teacher that you're meditating Mm. with. Because when you get the right instructions at the right time with a scientific approach with his level of genius, you can quite comfortably sit for four hours. And we did. And I'm talking about everybody from 11-year-olds to 90-year-olds, people in wheelchairs, mm. people with cancer stage four, all doing it. So it wasn't like, you know, you don't have to be fit or whatever the case may be. Just on a side note, whenever I ask certain people that if they meditate and they say, no, 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 I can't meditate. My brain is too busy. Yes. And my response <laughs> to them is, are you trying to say my brain is too slow that it is I can meditate? So what are you trying to say? <laughs> We've all got busy minds. Hello. It's just the way it is. <laughs> the whole point of meditating is to quiet the mind. I mean, it's uh, that sort of thing. So. Joe Dispenza, a um, uh, neuroscientist who has uh, become a mystic, a spiritualist, an interdimensional being, which is quite a weird thing to hear because you're listening to this very well-educated uh, master of his topic, and then he goes into multidimensional beings and changing dimensions and parallel universes, stuff that was always kept for sci-fi and fringe sort of thinkers and here we have this guy with so much credibility now starting to talk about the things that only hippies and people Mm. on psychedelics are thinking and talking about right so the way he explains and the way he goes about it he shows you scientifically how it's possible to be multidimensional to be um moving between parallel universes which is like just such a crazy concept so we'll get stuck into that um a little bit later as i explain the process and listen eric 
Just stop me at any time mm. if you want an explanation further on anything we'll do. else, right? We'll do. Okay, so here's the construct of it, is we are machines as human beings, and we have software within us. Uh, the software we have been utilizing has been of very low value and very low grade, and we have this latent software that's been sitting in us from the beginning of time that we've never known how to access. And he's giving us access to our own software that gives us the potential to move into a higher version of ourselves, almost a 2.0 mm. version of human beings. And all of it is based on understanding how your body makes your thoughts and your behaviors, um, habits, so let me explain. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are energy-saving machines. The minute they can put something into a habit, they do. So it becomes an automatic system for us to do. Think about driving. Think about um, how you wake up in the morning and you go from coffee to whatever it is. That's all become a habit. The way you go to the toilet and what you do in the toilet, how you shower, when you shower. That's all become habits. Why? Because we've been doing it for a long time and our body makes it a habit. Now, mm. it's not only actions that become habits, but it's emotional states that become habits where our default button is resentment, our default button is complaining, our default button is victimhood, our default, complain, uh, our default button is anxiousness. And so what's happened is that our bodies now have become our mind. They are making this, our body is making a decision on our behalf, but it is so intelligent that we don't realize our body has taken over. We still think it's us making the decision, but actually what's happened, this habit has now taken right. over. So one of his major principles is taking your mind out your body. And he does that through a process of clenching your perineum and moving the energy up your spine for it to now start to contact the crystals in your pineal gland. And what you're doing there in the process is you're taking the fluid in your spine through the process of meditation, squeezing and breathing in and squeezing and breathing in, taking the fluid away from your body and into your brain. And when you start to understand how to do this, you realize how fresh your brain can feel after doing this for just five minutes. And in that process, what you're doing is you're releasing the habits out of your body and moving it into a process of your brain. So that's the first thing he kind of starts explaining, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's the almost second, like the, uh, the quintessential dispenser, right? Because that is um, the idea that we have to be able to think greater than our environment, think greater than our body, think greater than how we feel. Okay. There we go. Cool. Now you see the environment triggers us. Mm. Our body is in habit. So the minute we get into traffic, we react the same way. The minute we see somebody we don't like, we react the same way. Mm. So we are stuck in the matrix. And it's the reason we're stuck is because of this habituation that our body has done, right? Mm -hmm. So first thing is you've got to take your mind out your body. The cool. first thing, actually, no, the first thing is to become aware that your, your body is making decisions on your behalf mm. and then say, okay, well, what do I need to do to get away from it? And the second thing is you start doing these sort of meditations. Now, we are somebody somewhere in some time in three-dimensional world and we are in alpha and beta brainwaves. That's our analytical mind and that's what we're doing. We need to move into being nobody, nowhere, in no time and move into theta brainwaves. And when we're in the theta brainwave, which is the half dream, half sleep space, where you have a lot of melatonin in your brain, you then move into the quantum world. And in the quantum world, you're able to redesign 
3D dimensional reality from that perspective because mm. you're not here, you're there. Now, I'll say it again. You're somebody somewhere in some time, which means that you are solid matter. You can change reality in solid matter, but it's difficult. It takes time. Remember, like imagine moving a rock. It's, it's just a tough process. When you become nobody, nowhere, no time, when you move into theta brainwave, you're nobody, you're nowhere, you're no time. You can change reality much quicker and design it according to how you want it, how you respond to it rather than react to it. Mm. You get away from your habituation, you get away from the, the way your body reacts and now you get this opportunity to create, uh, become an architect and respond rather than be triggered. Mm. Now, all of his meditations uh, spend the first 20, 30 minutes opening up your heart and then moving into a theta brain state and then going into a state of creation. Now, he has this very, very beautiful saying around uh, what it means to have heart coherence. And I just want to read it quickly because it's just, it brings tears to my eyes because it's just such a beautiful piece that he has. And he says this pretty much in every uh, meditation. He says this, this is the key and door is your heart to live from it, to continue to find it and feel it and stay connected to it and pay attention to it, to stay aware of it, to become more of it and less of you, to experience it and to relax into it, to surrender to it, to fall in love with it, to enjoy it. And when found the higher love, you will notice that it is in you and all around you and you don't need anything outside of you. Mm. That is just, it's, it's just, man, it is just so beautiful. You realize that we, we have become an, uh, sort of the default button is to live in lack. And he says, when you are chasing anything or you're ambitious towards anything, you're in lack. When you feel whole and when you come from your heart, you don't need anything. And that's when stuff comes at you. That's when you can start designing, you know? I, so, I want to make a quick side note yeah. that um, yeah. what you were just speaking about is in the meditations that I do. Um, yes. so if people are interested, they can go to Joe Dispenza's website and they can actually go purchase yeah. those meditations. Yeah. Um, the one is called AMP meditations and it's a very short yeah. one. It's like 23 minutes. And yeah. then the one that does, um, from some time to no time from somebody to yeah. nobody, that's like 43 minutes. And I think that's called changing potentials. Well, look, there's many on there and yes. you can choose. I, I would, I would try and graduate from the 20, 30 minutes ones as quickly as possible. Mm. Because when you start to realize uh, that your brain patterning only, it takes 20 to 30 minutes to get into theta. Because remember, you got to get away from being in beta and alpha and into theta. And that's a process. Mm. And your body and your mind hates it because you're telling it it's not allowed to do what it's always comfortable to do. It's got to move away from the habitual sort of behavior into this new brain state. So I've got to be honest with you for the day two, three, and four, I was in the worst mood ever because what was happening is like my body had to come off heroin. And what I mean by that is my body had to come away from thinking in that way to start thinking in a new mm. way. And my body was refusing. So I was sitting there in meditation and he would start and he's like, open your heart. And all I could think of was who I wanted to kill and who had done me bad and who I, I was just, I was mm. aggressive. I was petulant. I was just in a horrible state. I had to move away from my team, go sit by myself because I just, I was dying in there, you know? Anyway, I did break through day four, day five, day six. I mean, day five, day six, day seven, I broke through. And obviously now I'm very elated. The same thing mm. happened to me at my second retreat as well. I, and he was explaining that when you want to, uh, tame a wild stallion 
it will take a while for it to get tame. And so your body is like a stallion, uh, especially mine, just kidding. So when your body, when your body is like a stallion, what is happening is that it doesn't want to be tamed. It wants to stay in a habit form sort of place, you know? So that's why I was going through that. And he, and he explained that that is normal. So mm. he's trained all of his staff to be ready for people that are in that state because he, he knows it, you know, he's seen that people are in that state. So, mm. So eventually what happens is that you get to a place where you start working with your pineal gland and he gets you ready to get you out of your body, get you into the state of understanding theta, and then he starts affecting your pineal gland. Now, here's where the magic lies. And this is where interdimensionality starts to make sense. So the pineal gland is what secretes DMT twice in your life when you're born and when you die, they call it the soul molecule, the source of God, the way your soul moves in and out of your body. Now the pineal gland is the size of a grain of rice. It's tiny and it has crystals in it and hairs on it, very minute hairs. Now what this pineal gland is, is almost like a, a, a frequency station or a Wi-Fi router, right? And so what happens is that our pineal gland is only linked or clicked into one um, station, the station, mm. okay? And because we've never done any work on it, it's only just linked into the station. Now, if you take psychedelics or if you take ayahuasca, if you take any of these things, you change radio stations. You start seeing and interacting with another parallel universe which is very real. It's just that we don't have access to it, right? Mm. In these sort of, in this third dimension. So what he does throughout the process is get you ready for the pineal gland meditations. And in the pineal gland meditations, he's changing the frequency at which you can access reality. And this is where you start picking up those hairs, disturbing those crystals in the pineal gland. And those hairs now start looking for different frequencies, because they're not stuck in the third dimensional frequency. Now they're in a 5D sort of dimension. And now they start acting out and looking for different dimensional sort of spaces. So what he's doing is upgrading our software, giving us an opportunity to tap into other worlds without any teacher plants, drugs, anything else. It's just through breathing and just through a process and methodologies created for us to understand this concept of upgrading who we mm. are so we can be naturally more loving, naturally kinder, naturally more patient. And it was amazing, you know, 1,400 people there, everything from nine-year-olds to 90-year-olds, every creed, color, race that you can imagine, and everybody everybody was loving each other, hugging each other in an absolute high besides the fact that people were being healed from stage four cancer. Um, people that had herniated discs were walking again. It felt like a charismatic church and people call it a cult of sorts, but I disagree because a cult always says you must believe in one person or this thing. Joe Dispenza says, don't believe in me, believe in yourself because you've got this process. I'm just giving you the tools to access your own genius. So you're a cult of yourself. And that's what's so empowering about him. And that's where his integrity comes in is that he's not trying to sell you anything. He's, he's just giving you the tools to pick up your own genius and access your own sort of power. Okay. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering, so with the pineal gland meditation, then um, I'm trying to understand what, like what's the eventual outcome of it? Is it just, you being more kind and more patient, like it's, it's you being an upgraded version of yourself yeah. where you are so whole, you don't need anything. 
you don't need to fight with anybody. Because remember, when you're having a fight with somebody or if you haven't, if you haven't forgiven somebody, you're stuck in the matrix with them. When your pineal gland gets activated and your energy becomes so much more whole, your brain and your heart, your, your, your heart and your head go into coherence. The energy around you goes into coherence rather than being disturbed. What happens is you elevate above the situations around you. And he says it so beautifully. He says, there's no time. There's only the eternal now. It is your choice from which perspective you see the eternal now from. Is it a higher vibrational state or a lower vibrational state? And he says, it's impossible for you to heal a sickness. It's impossible for you to forgive somebody from the same stance that you created it at. What you have to do is become more whole, become more your heart and brain coherence. And when you look at that person again, you see them from a perspective that understands what was going on there and you're not triggered by it. People were getting up on stage, healed from arthritis, from cancer, from ringing in their ear, and none of them had tried to fix their sickness. All of them had just focused on becoming more whole and more in love with themselves. And because of that, the healing happened. Because mm-hmm. of that, the forgiveness happened. And so cool. that it's, makes sense that to me. Concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, so it's more it's, it's more of a healing process, really. That's what I'm yes. sort of taking from it. Okay. Well, um, it's a healing process, and it's giving you access to other dimensions, bro. I mean, who doesn't want to explore other beings and other dimensions? And in an interview he did just like a month ago, he was talking about these three meter tall beings that have been coming into the meditation rooms for the last three years, and he hasn't been able to say anything about it. But then other people started seeing them, and other people started making videos about them. And he said, "Well, I've got to start talking about them now." Mm. And it sounds so weird because you think to yourself, "Nah, that's a science fiction," you know. But the truth is, when you listen to him and understand that it's all science-based. It's all proven around. He's saying, look, the pineal gland, the crystals, the hairs, it's just a Wi-Fi signal. We have just tapped into one Wi-Fi signal. Here's another Wi-Fi signal. You don't think it's possible that it's also hallucinations? That if you're accessing well, something that you know is similar to LSD, that you, know, you might well, be hallucinating? Here's the age-old, here's the age-old uh, argument. When you take LSD or any psychedelic, are you hallucinating or are you just tapping into another reality? Mm. So what is hallucination? Are we saying that only our reality is real and then everything we see outside that is a hallucination? It's only for mad people? I think that's rubbish. Mm. If we think about the, the infinite number of realities that they could be there, then we're only tapping into one with our five senses. What about all the other things on the outside of these five senses? You know? So I don't think it's hallucination. I think it's accessing other worlds. You know? And um, did he say anything about, you know, taking ayahuasca or teacher plants? Yes. What does he so say? Yeah. So he says, look, your, your, your pineal gland excretes five elixirs and DMT is only one of them. So when you do ayahuasca, what you're doing is you, you, you're bringing DMT into your system, which is giving you access to another world and it does healing for you. But when you do these meditations, these pineal glands can excrete all five elixirs without you taking any substances. Mm. So he's not anti it. He's just saying, look, this is just, it's an easier version because all you have to do is sit in your room. Mm. No, you meditate an hour in the morning, meditate an hour in the evening. You do that consistently. You will create those elixirs in your brain without going to Mm. a shaman or going anywhere else, you know? So, you know, the need, the absolute essential uh, point here is that if you're not breaking the habits 
of your body making decisions for you and you continuously move in that sort of repetitive motion of living your life, you keep having the same results. And so the way you break the habit of being you is by meditating twice a day to reprogram yourself away from who you were to become who you want to really be. And so the irony of all of this is just, it's amazing because when you feel so whole, you want nothing. Mm. That's the, it's the most incredible thing because, you know, I, for the longest time I've wanted this and this and this and this and this, and then I'm sitting in the meditation and it gets to the point where now design the life you want. And I swear to you, I didn't want anything. Mm. I was like, I don't know what I want. I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so content. I'm so full of me. I'm so comfortable that I don't need anything. And he says, that's when everything arrives at you. You just don't, you don't even know with so many opportunities mm. coming at you because you feel so whole, you become a magnet. Listen, I have two more questions for you. Um, did you learn anything new? Cause you've, you've been to this now three times. Was there anything new that really stood out for you or was it just a, a confirmation of things you already knew and coming away from the retreat, how is your meditation practice going to change from what it was, if at all? Um, okay, so did I learn something new? I think um, he used a lot of new examples of explaining the same concepts, but he also, this was an audience that was 90% first-timers. The Mallorca conference I went to was 80% second-timers. So the depth he went into in this time wasn't as deep as he went in Mallorca because the audience had only heard him for the first time. So I did learn a lot of new things, but nothing that really stood out because mm. I kind of heard everything. Plus I watched his videos, but I needed to, and, and guess what, dude, we just need to hear it more and more and more and more and more. Over and over. Over and over. over. I agree. So I agree. The second thing is my meditations. Um, look, I was strict already. Um, five days a week, minimum two hours a day, um, I'm excited for waking up at half past four, five o'clock to do the meditations. I'm excited to get into bed by nine to start doing the meditations because I understand the fluidity they bring into my world, the sort of ease and seamlessness that they create mm. for me. You know? uh, it's, it's chalk and cheese, dude, because in Morocco, I didn't do the meditations when I was on holiday and I got back and I got to be honest with you, things weren't as fluid as they were last year. Mm. It was like, it was one or two like issues that we had with clients and it was just weird. And even Anita and I said to each other, my, my business manager, I was like, what the hell's going on? And so I was realized that for two weeks I hadn't done those meditations. You know? mm. So I'm back in there. So the, the way it's changed my approach is one, I wasn't doing the breath work, which was the one that takes your mind out your body often enough. He explained it in much more detail around the spinal fluids, what they do when you squeeze your, your, your sort of pineal gland all the way up to your, I mean, your, your uh, perineum all the way up to your pineal gland, what the squeezing of, that, of those uh, spinal fluids do when they touch the crystals of a pineal gland and how vitally important that is. The second thing I'm going to do as well is I'm going to add in more walking meditation. So he has these walking meditations that you, you walk for an hour as your future self. I mean, just think about that. Love how it. often do you walk as your past self and mm. how often do you walk as your future self? We, mm. are, we are machines of patterns, you know, and habits. And so we did a walking meditation in the park in the, for sunrise twice. And we did a walking meditation at sunset in the desert. And um, people crying. I mean, just absolutely blubbing, thinking about <laughs> the fact of their future selves, you know, and just like taking in the magnificence of being able to create it as you want it rather than being a victim of it, you know? So mm. 
listen, I'm, I'm, I'm elated. Uh, I'm always elated for about two weeks after these meditation retreats. Um, and then I go into a high frequency of just, you know, living my life. And it's very difficult to maintain this high because we were literally meditating for six to seven, eight hours a day. I mean, you're not going to do that. That's in insane. Life. That is yeah. insane. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. your, your meditation that you do every single day, is that also available on the website? Do you know? Yes. Look, I mean, all the, all the meditations I've bought from him are from okay. the website. So okay. what I do is I, I just change them up. I do different ones. It depends how much time I have. To be honest with you, I try and avoid those morning evening ones because when you get into the work, you realize it's not deep enough. It's a it, good starter. I agree. It's way too quick because like you were saying, you know, with the, the full one, it takes you through the, uh, from someone to no one from someplace yeah. to no place. Whereas with the shorter one, it's really just like you almost just do 10 minutes of like centering. Yeah. And you know what I always realize? And that, this is the problem that people have who say that their minds are too busy is you're not yeah. sitting for long enough because all of our minds are busy initially. Yeah. And when you push through it, then you find like a quiet space. And yeah. that's the problem with the 23 minute one is that you just get to the quiet place and it's done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for me, it's a minimum of 45 minutes, a uh, maximum of about a hundred, a uh, hundred, uh, hour and 30 minutes. Um, and so it, I'm comfortable there now mm. and it takes practice. You know, it's like running a marathon. You can't jump straight in, but ultimately for me, he is the most cutting edge teacher that we have right now in the world. I, I, I'm continuously astounded at his ability to take these incredibly complex subjects and put them into a basic format for us to understand and for us to practice with a tool set. And, you know, he said it two years ago. He started off when I went to my first one, 18 months ago, he said, he started off the conferences, said, thank, uh, welcome to my dream. I have been dreaming <laughs> about having these workshops for years. I mean, so thank you so much for playing and co-creating my dream with me. Um, but he, he is able to... Um, take the audience through a humorous process where you're laughing. You're laughing through the process of explaining these incredibly difficult and com complex sort of uh, situations. So, I mean, uh, processes. And for me, ultimately, he says, look, I'm not a mystic. I'm not a spiritualist. I'm not a believer. I'm a doctor. I'm a scientist. I have to have everything I'm talking about proven so my peer group don't think I'm an idiot. But now that I've got it in science, I've proven it. Now I'm a mystic. I'm a believer mm. and I'm a mm. spiritualist. Mm. So that's, you know, he gives you the confidence of it science-wise. But uh, I'm taking my mom and dad to, my, to the next one in Austria in May. I'm treating myself and my parents to the next one. So we're looking to get, to get that it. booked as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend you check them out. I highly recommend you do the meditations. It's just wonderful, man. I, mm. I feel energized, elated grateful, privileged, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. I feel too good. And thank you for sharing it with us, sharing, sharing your experience and uh, the teachings. Uh, you always have a, a very, um, I want to say poignant, but like you have a, you have a very good way of explaining concepts. Um, you know, when I, when I listen to you talk about you know, things like what Joe Dispenza relays thank as you. well. So um, thank you for that. And everyone should go check out the meditations. Go grab a book. Go look at the videos on YouTube. Um, have yeah. you washed your hand, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah I shook his hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not allowed to, you actually, you can't approach him, you know, because there's just too many people there. So he walked past the aisle. He asked us to 
turn to the person next to us and explain something. And he walked past and I was sitting on the aisle. So I, it was almost like an automatic reaction. I just put my hand out and he shook it. <laughs> and I said, thanks so much, Joe. And he's like, um, my absolute pleasure. I was like, thanks, man. Thanks so much. And then I carried on talking to my person next to me. And I was like, yes, man. <laughs> I was like a, photo, like a, like a fanboy. Like I was a 16-year-old girl, Steve, uh, Justin Bieber. Pretty much uh, exactly like that, you know. What an absolute gentleman he is. Uh, thank goodness that we have access to him. Listen, thank you so much okay. for, for this today. I really appreciate it. Um, I look forward to our next episode. So just a quick reminder, we'll be dropping the tickets pretty soon. Um, by yes, the time this is out, tips. you'll probably yeah. be able to get a, a ticket already. So make sure to, to grab a ticket. Uh, thank you for all the reviews. If you have time, please go leave us one. It helps us get the message out there. And we just love hearing from the people listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, in closing, what a delightful yep. surprise. Yeah. What a delightful surprise those, those reviews are. They're so heartfelt. So thank you so much, guys. John, so until next time, thank you very much yes. for today. Thank you, Eric. Cheers, brother. I'll see you soon, brother. Ciao.